Hello everybody, it's James Lindsay. You are listening to the New Discourses podcast. Today what I want to talk about is the paradox of tolerance by the philosopher Karl Popper. And I want to point out that the woke have exposed themselves as being that which Popper was warning about. The woke are the thing that we have to recognize. And the reason I want to talk about this, um, I get a lot of flack. I voted for Trump as I've had to repeat infinitely many times now. And people can't, I don't know how many times I have to explain it. I explain it in a podcast. I explain it on other people's podcasts like 10 times. I explain it on television in three countries. I have to explain it, explain it, explain it. And I still get asked every time I go, how could you possibly, I don't understand. James never says why he voted for Trump. It makes no sense. It's as if people are unable to hear something that doesn't cohere to their vision of reality no matter how many times or how clearly you explain it to them. Well, the reason is, if you recall, I did a podcast, Joe Biden is not the room, right after I announced that I was going to vote for Trump. This would have been in, I guess, October. It was a very late hour decision given the election. I did a a podcast and I explained that if the situation were normal, I would probably be voting for, for Biden or not voting or voting for myself or something. Um, however, especially I probably would have not voted or voted for myself off voted, um, protest voted, but at any rate, um, I felt like the situation's not normal. I said it over and over again. The situation is not normal. The situation is not normal over and over again. We're not in normal times. And what I want to articulate here is actually that the times that we live in are the times that Karl Popper was warning about in 1945 when he wrote The Open Society and Its Enemies and included in that book, probably most famously, a short footnote and digression into what he called the paradox of tolerance. And I think that the woke have put us in the position that Popper is warning about and therefore they cannot be empowered. My decision can be made as rendered to be as simple as that among all the other details, among all the other points, among all the other things that I've raised and I've continually brought up that I've seen borne out, frankly, all these executive orders, so many of them so woke, all of these different things, the canceling of the critical race theory executive order, the issuing of the gender ideology executive order, other things as equity plan, so many things borne out, so many things borne out, the appointment of a, of a uh, head of the Department of Education that has a background only in ethnic studies, which (laughs) is going to be, it's just going to be super woke schools as if they're not already super woke. So despite all the details, the simplest explanation, since nobody seems willing to grok this, is that the situation's not normal. We live in the situation warned about in the paradox of tolerance in Popper's 1945 book, The Open Society and Its Enemies. Obviously, he's writing about the Nazis, You've probably heard of the paradox of tolerance, even if you're not a popper fan or a philosopher or even academic, because there's been this infographic going around for probably more than a decade. I have it here. We'll go through it. I know it's not the same. Maybe I can stick the image somewhere so you can see it as we go through it. But anyway, it's pretty famous. It's kind of reddish for the most part. It shows popper. He's got his little finger up because he's going to tell you the correct things like uh, all the really smart people. And this, this infographic, I've, I've done a thread, I've talked about it before in my uh, Repressive Tolerance podcast series on New Discourses podcast, 
the four-part lecture, I talk about in the first part how Popper meant one thing, and this has been distorted by people like Marcuse. And this infographic that is what most people know about the paradox of tolerance, which is it's, it's a piece of propaganda is what this infographic is. Um, what most people know about the paradox of tolerance is in fact a Trojan horse for repressive tolerance, for Marcuse's repressive tolerance. And I've done a thread on that. I talked about it in the podcast. It's getting tedious to have to repeat this. But anyway, this thing says the paradox of tolerance by philosopher Karl Popper, source, the open society and its enemies. Correct. It says in the first panel, it has three panels with a little sidebar between uh, the first two, it says, should a tolerant society tolerate intolerance? So we're going to set up the, the paradox of tolerance. And it shows three people, two of whom are obviously yelling at a third guy. The third guy literally has a swastika on his forehead and a swastika on his T-shirt. And he's carrying a tiki torch with flames coming out of it. Um, and the obvious Nazi in this frame is saying, you want more tolerance? Respect my ideas. So he's trying to hold the tolerant society to their standard. You want tolerance, so you have to tolerate my ideas. And the two people are yelling back and him pointing a finger. And what it shows them yelling is a crossed out, the cancel symbol over the swastika. In other words, they're saying no Nazis. And so the question is posed and answered, should a tolerant society tolerate intolerance? The answer is no. And then it gives an explanation. It's a paradox, it says, but unlimited tolerance can lead to the extinction of tolerance. And this is correct in a sense, but it's already, already completely misleading. So let me explain. First of all, Popper certainly was talking about the rise of the Nazis. On the one hand, he probably was also talking about the rise of Stalin. He's writing in 1945. Um, a lot of things were going on. Ugly stuff was going on in that section of the 20th century. And so framing this against Nazis isn't wholly wrong, but it's also not the whole story. But we already have something that violates Popper, as we'll read through Popper in a minute and you'll see. You want more tolerance than Nazis saying, respect my ideas. There's a lot happening in those, what is that, you know, eight words or seven words or something like that. Because ideas, Popper doesn't say that tolerance means respecting ideas. Nobody believes that tolerating somebody's right to hold a belief or express an idea means respecting the idea. So there's already a lie here, right? There's already a lie here. And when we read Popper, you're going to see that Popper lays out very explicit conditions for when intolerance against intolerant ideas is warranted. And that's where we're going to see that what's happening is that the woke are actually on the wrong side of this. And of course, there's a little bit of disingenuity here going on because it's picture, the whole thing is all Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. But we do have to worry about the intolerance that comes up under things like communism. We do have to worry. If people had been maybe a little less tolerant of what the Marxists were pushing in China through the 1950s and 60s, maybe Mao wouldn't have killed 50 million Chinese people. Right? So it's not just Nazis. This is another bit of subtle propaganda where we've been led, especially in the West, for the last 100 years or 50 or 60 years at least, to believe that there's only one axis of evil that's ever been properly intolerant and murderous, and it was the Nazis. 
whereas communist regimes are also in that category. In fact, they killed as horrible and awful and blatantly evil as the Nazis were. The, the communists also murdered or starved or led directly to the deaths of many, many more people, many millions more people. Okay, but it is correct. Unlimited tolerance, it is correct in this. Unlimited tolerance can lead to the extinction of tolerance. And a lot of liberal-minded people kind of struggle with this. It's easier to see if you think about the arguments against pacifism, absolute refusal to fight. So we can imagine two countries. One of the countries has an absolute uh, abhorrence of war. They absolutely refuse to participate in war. They refuse to have an army. They refuse to have a navy. They refuse to have military at all. They are going to settle everything through diplomacy. They're not going to go to war. And then the other country, for whatever reason, maybe there's a coup, maybe there's a new leader, maybe something happens, and you end up with a warlord in charge. And that warlord decides that they want to conquer the other country. If you don't have a standing army, if you don't have the ability to defend yourself against somebody who wants to do you harm, then the person who's being intolerant in this case will overrun the person who's advocating tolerance. The person who's advocating war will kill the people who are advocating diplomacy. And then you lose the ability to have peace. So you have to, it's a, it seems paradoxical, but it's not really paradoxical. It's just common sense. It's actually common sense, right? And you can claim whatever moral victory you want. The funny story from my childhood, um, my brother and I were in an argument at one point, you know, one of these stupid things kids get into. And we were talking about, you know, weapons and killing people and boy stuff. And so all of a sudden, you know, I was like, well, I don't want to use a gun. I would want to use a sword because there's more honor because you have to get, you know, you have to be able to see the person in their face to be able you know, there's something to that. You, you can't shoot them from far. You can't slash them from far away like you can if you shoot them. And my brother pulled up his fingers like, you know, gun fingers, put it to my forehead, said, bang, you're dead. Where's your honor now? And he had me. He had me. There's a point, right? Yeah, he, he had a point, <laughs> and this is the truth: is that if somebody is 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 intolerant, and somebody else is going to just be utterly tolerant of their their intolerance, the intolerant will win, and it takes very few intolerant people to run over a lot of tolerant people. I hear this with school boards all the time. I hear people dig in, they start to fight back against the, the woke takeover of the critical race theory takeover of their school board, and they find out it's 12 activists running the show for a school district that maybe serves 6,000 families. 12. Not 1,200. Not 120. 12. 12. It takes very little in terms of people who are vigorously intolerant to overrun a lot of people who will tolerate it. So Popper has a point. Now, back to the info infographic. So, so scene one, frame one, should we tolerate, uh, should a tolerant society tolerate intolerance? The answer is no. Like I said, it's oversimplified here, and we'll get to Popper's argument momentarily. Second frame, we have uh, what looks like, you know, maybe Kaiser Wilhelm or something, uh, old school German, and you have Hitler standing next to him. 
and uh, Kaiser with his big mustache and his spike helmet is saying, let's give them a chance. And Hitler is just kind of smugly standing there. Um, and it says, when we extend tolerance to those who are openly intolerant, and then it has like a Nazi emblem splitting this, the, the frame. And on the other side, you have Hitler with his salute up in front of a crowd of Nazis continues, when we extend tolerance to those who are openly intolerant, the tolerant ones end up being destroyed and tolerance with them. So this is close to what Popper argues, and it's pretty simple. So the third frame then continues, any movement that preaches intolerance and persecution must be outside of the law, and it shows what we assume is Popper's very long and thin leg kicking Hitler in the butt and knocking him out uh, with his little sad face. And it shows Popper talking down in the corner, all philosophically with his hands up, looking all white-haired and, and scholarly. As paradoxical as it may seem, defending tolerance requires to not tolerate the intolerant. So this is actually a little propaganda piece. It almost correctly expresses Popper. So you get the idea, though. And the point is actually correct, that the intolerant will overrun the tolerant. So let's read what Popper really said, and we'll see that the circumstance we find ourselves in, the reason I had to vote for Trump, I felt that I had to vote for Trump, I mean, nobody forced me, uh, is that we live in the world Karl Popper is warning about, and that you will see that this, this graphic is a bit disingenuous to his actual argument. So this was written in 1945. It appears in the book, The Open Society and Its Enemies. Less well-known than the other paradoxes that he's talking about, less well-known is the paradox of tolerance. This, this is Popper's words. Unlimited tolerance must lead to the disappearance of tolerance. So, so far, so good. This is what the infographic seems to be saying. First two sentences, good to go. Get, it, it sticks, it stays in the good for a minute here. If we extend, Popper says, unlimited tolerance even to those who are intolerant, if we are not prepared to defend a tolerant society against the onslaught of the intolerant, then the tolerant will be destroyed and tolerance with them. That's explicitly on the graphic down in the, in the corner. So, okay, so far so good. The very first part. And that's about as far as the woke went. That's it. That's as much of his his expression as they put on the graphic, which they then skewed with Nazis only, didn't talk about other forms of intolerance that might be. Um, this is very common within the kind of repressive tolerance, new left mindset, where right wing equals bad, left wing equals good, um, very simplistically. And that's as far as they went. That's it. But Popper had more to say. And this, remember, this is just a footnote. It's not like he had paragraphs and pages and chapters. It's not like they couldn't condense his argument correctly with maybe two extra frames on their cartoon. Um, so what does Popper say next? In this formulation, I do not imply, for instance, that we should always suppress the utterance of intolerant philosophies. As long as we can counter them by rational argument and keep them in check by public opinion, suppression would certainly be most unwise. Okay. So remember when I said that that first frame on the graphic is a lie? Should uh, We have the Nazi in the first frame to remind you, saying, you want more tolerance, respect my ideas. The answer is no. Popper didn't say we have to respect intolerant ideas. And Popper didn't say that we 
Popper says exactly the opposite of the idea. He, in fact, says, to quote it again, in this formulation, I do not imply, for instance, that we should always suppress the utterance of intolerant philosophies as long as we can counter them by rational argument and keep them in check by public opinion. Suppression would certainly be most unwise. So the first frame of this, the setup of this, this graphic is pure propaganda. It completely misses, it, it has to intentionally miss what Popper actually wrote. And remember, this is only like six, eight sentences, eight or nine sentences, I guess. I didn't count them. They To, to misrepresent it this badly, to get the first four sentences or three sentences exactly right and then get the rest wrong is, is willful distortion. It's not, again, they're not trying to condense pages and pages and pages. This is willful distortion. So what does Popper say? He says, but we should claim the right to suppress them if necessary, even by force, for it may easily turn out that they are not prepared to meet us on the level of rational argument, but begin by denouncing all argument. They may forbid their followers to listen to rational argument because it is deceptive and teach them to answer arguments by the use of their fists or pistols. We should therefore claim in the name of tolerance the right not to tolerate the intolerant. We should claim that any movement preaching intolerance places itself outside the law, and we should consider, that's in the, the graphic explicitly, that tiny little part. So we know they read further, but they skipped that middle part. We should claim that any movement preaching intolerance places itself outside the law, and we should consider incitement to intolerance and persecution as criminal in the same way as we should consider incitement to murder or to kidnapping or to the revival of the slave trade as criminal. Right, so incitement is doing all the work in that sentence. Incitement is doing all the work in that sentence. Um, when we go back to the graphic, that first frame, that first frame, it says, you want more tolerance, respect my ideas. That's not what, that's not what Popper's talking about. What Popper is saying, and it's explicit, right in the middle, that was, by the way, the whole quote, the whole little footnote, that's it. There's not that much there. Popper said very clearly that we should not suppress the utterance of intolerant philosophies until a certain point, when we can no longer, and I quote, counter them by rational argument and keep them in check by public opinion. That's when we have to start worrying about it. That's when things are no longer normal. What does that look like? It may easily turn out, Popper says, that they are not prepared to meet us on the level of rational argument, but begin by denouncing all argument. This is exactly what the woke do. I'm sure Nazis do it too, but that's not the point. The point is that we live in a world right now where the movement that has almost all of the cultural power and now just got voted into having most of the all nearly unchecked political power is under these conditions. They are not prepared to meet us on the level of rational argument, but begin by denouncing all argument. They may forbid their followers to listen to, listen to rational argument because it is deceptive and teach them to answer arguments by the use of their fists or pistols, or in this case, by social media, mobbing and cancellation in the present age. Um, there's some violence. You look at Antifa, for example. 
The thing that Popper's warning us about is what the woke are doing. You cannot debate or argue with them. I wrote a piece, the woke won't debate you, it's on new discourses. I explain why the woke will not compromise. It goes against the religion because every ounce of compromise that they permit is complicity in their faith with the status quo that remains. So if 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 they push and you hear them and say, you know what, I'll meet you halfway, the half that you retain, that they agree, if they agree to meeting you halfway, they have agreed to maintaining that half of the status quo, as they would phrase it. That's absolutely not possible for them. Rational argument doesn't matter. They live in a world where their arguments are the only things that are legitimate. Their morals are the only thing that are legitimate. There is no rational argument to be had. In fact, they denounce rationality itself as being white supremacist culture. They question rationality at every turn, whether you want to say that in the first paragraph of critical race theory and introduction, whether you want to read that in on, on the um, graphic put out by the Smithsonian describing what white culture looks like, if you want to see it in their education under these ethnic studies programs that I've been mentioning. So they forbid their followers to listen to rational arguments because those are deceptive. That's their argument. It's white supremacy culture. It will, it will, it will maintain the status quo if we rely on rationality. That's literally the thing that Popper in 1945 is warning about. Okay, so the graphic is a lie. The graphic is propaganda. The graphic distorts Popper's point. And you've heard Popper's argument here. It's in the, the first episode of the, or the first part of the four-part series on Marcusa and, and the New Discourses podcast. I've talked about it on Twitter. It's in the, uh, I've discussed this issue in the tolerance entry in the, the Social Justice Encyclopedia on New Discourses. This keeps coming up. It's important to understand. But what's happened is that the woke have become the thing. The woke have become the thing that this paradox of tolerance is warning us about. And at some point I realized that. And when I realized that, it became a natural consequence that it's not even, you know, this, these arguments that Biden is a moderate, Biden's a moderate. No. Best case scenario, Biden is tolerant of this intolerance and is going to sign it into law. There are worse scenarios than that, but that's the best case scenario is that he is tolerant of this intolerance. And I decided this cannot be empowered further. Many people disagreed with me. Many of my friends and colleagues wrote saying how wrong I was without actually naming me. It was so brave of them. Um, it was very endearing, I'll tell you. And so I perceived that if I said at the time, things are not normal. If they were normal, this would be a different argument. The, the anti-woke Biden voter class has a point about the cultural argument. The, the, it will be easier to win the culture war. It will be easier to help everyday people see the excesses of the woke, A, when there's not the but Trump excuse, which is already losing ground rapidly, B, when Biden and his team are actually empowering it and it starts to affect their lives in material ways, which seems to be the only way anybody sees anything, unfortunately, um, and C, in this cooler, allegedly cooler environment that will come without having the constant 
irritation, as they said, uh, that Trump causes. I don't actually at this point believe that Trump caused most of it. Trump fueled it for sure, but I think the cause was the media that was going after him. If we had to apportion blame, it, it falls probably about 80-20 to the media, 20 to Trump, um, trolling them maybe maybe harder than needed. I actually think he didn't troll them hard enough. To, they, they needed to be exposed more than they were. But at any rate, the point is I realize that we live in the world described as a warning by Karl Popper in 1945 that indicates the imminent rise of fascist power. We'll read that part of him again. When they are not prepared to meet us on the level of rational argument, but begin by denouncing all argument. When they may forbid their followers to listen to rational argument because it is deceptive or white supremacist or racist or patriarchy or homophobic or transphobic and teach them to answer arguments by the use of their fists or pistols or as I said, cancel culture, social media mobbing, getting fired, impact over intent like we just saw at the New York Times. And what does Popper say? That not when somebody's right wing, which is a very Herbert Marcuse pollution of this, which is dominant on, on, on the left. It is the, the reality. Repressive tolerance is the reality of the asymmetrical world we live in right now. Not, not right or left. That's not when. Popper says we should reserve and apply the right to be intolerant of intolerance. He says, we should therefore claim when we should therefore claim in the name of tolerance, the right not to tolerate the intolerant under those conditions. And so the woke are outside of those. Okay. The woke are the ones who have left the path of tolerance and the deserving to be tolerated. And so we should. Popper's right. We need to, in fact, reserve the right to be intolerant of the woke ideology. This isn't a call to be intolerant against people. It's certainly not a call to be intolerant against races or identity groups because it has absolutely nothing to do with, virtually nothing to do with what wokeness is. Wokeness uses identity as a proxy to push a virulent form of intolerant and totalitarian politics. It's all about the politics. You can't be black and speak the wrong way. You can't be trans and speak the wrong way. They'll cancel you. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters whether or not you have the right politics. You can be white like Robin D'Angelo, have most of the right politics, make money hand over fist peddling this crap. And we could name a whole bunch of them that are like that. It's not about identity or only very superficially. It's like, it's like, super, it's like a bonus if you have the right identities, but it's really about the politics. Because your identity won't save you if you say the wrong things or think the wrong things. So that's why I felt like I needed to vote for Trump. We live in this world that we're being warned about. 1945, right as the Nazis fall, we're being warned by one of the best thinkers of the age as to what caused the problem. Where did tolerance break down? Where did tolerance get used against itself? And we're in that condition again, but the people who are genuinely intolerant for the moment and dominant in that are the woke. 
That isn't to say there's no intolerance on the right. As a matter of fact, not only is there, it's growing in response to the absolute intolerance on the left. And here's this thing. This is very important. It's crucial that us who are reasonable, who are fair, who are in the middle somewhere, who are not right-wing extremists, have the capacity to express this right, to do this in a moderate but strong-spined way so that we don't cede the resistance to an extremist on the right. That's how we got Hitler. That's how we got Hitler. Too much weakness in the middle. So a terrible extremist was able to fill the gap because no one else would stand up to what was clear intolerance. And the intolerance at that point was the rise of communism. Also the humiliation of Germany. There's other aspects to, to what caused Hitler's rise. But the point is that it, it, to, to boil it down to a very oversimplified statement, communist caused Nazis. Communists caused Nazis. Nazis offered an answer to the encroaching communism. What we see now is a very risky situation. We have a very um, Weimarized United States. It's not as bad as the Weimar Republic. We don't have a totally humiliated United States like we had a humiliated Germany, but we're in a risky situation. And that risky situation demands that we not cede the ground, not cede the argument to extremists because we're afraid to look unrespectable in the eyes of people who don't know what time it is. They don't know what's going on. Their respect isn't worth keeping given what's at stake. So what we need is uh, the, the founding fathers were, were famous for saying, you know, we can have a free society as long as we're willing to keep it. Popper saying the same thing. At the moment, we cannot keep the woke in check by rational argument and public opinion. They have rolled over that. But we can, we can recover public opinion. And to say that this neo-racism that they push, this whatever it is, these, these other theories, this, this identity politics, those can be soured in public opinion. There are other things that they're trying to do with that can be soured in public opinion. And if public opinion turns against the woke movement, this isn't to say to turn against diversity. This isn't to say to turn against um, civil rights. In fact, I'll do another, another podcast soon about how the, the woke movement perverts the civil rights movement. It's in fact not the civil rights movement. This isn't to say that we should be racist because we shouldn't. This is to tolerate no form of racism whatsoever, including neo-racism under critical race theory, to tolerate none of their intolerance that they've flipped around and tried to make it seem acceptable. This is an intolerance of a particular political ideology that claims to be fighting a good fight and is doing it in the most horrifically wrong way that I can think of. Um, it may be possible to do it worse, but I don't think so. So that's what we should be intolerant of, the ideology itself. And we should reserve the right to be quite vigorously intolerant of that and to shift public opinion so that we don't have to resort to a more crude and uh, older form of intolerance which will eventually arise if we don't have a strong, strong-backed, moderate voice able to speak back against this and to stand firm against this so that we can tilt public opinion and then force the rational argument. But until we tilt public opinion, 
It's not going to happen. Uh, we have to be able to check the woke movement by public opinion before that's too late. And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative or black pill or whatever it is. The hour is getting really late. I've been saying that it's too late for, it's getting to be too late. We're right at the edge for over a year and a half. It's really getting close to too late. So if you're moderate-ish, I think most people who pay attention to me are in the moderate camp. Um, you have to stand up. You have to say, I care about these issues, but not this way. You have to take the thing from the end of cynical theories where we said, you know, we affirm that, you know, racism remains a problem, but we deny that critical race theory is a way to deal with it that's productive. And we contend that these are better ways to do it. You have to take that kind of stand and you have to stand absolutely firmly in it. You have to be absolutely intolerant of the woke ideology because it won't compromise with you. It will just roll over you. It won't meet you halfway. It will cheat you halfway and then take cheat you the other half of the way. The next minute it gets a sec, uh, the next minute. It, this is how it operates. It is a takeover ideology. It is utterly intolerant. It fails Popper's conditions. It is not prepared to meet you on the level of rational argument. It is going to denounce all rational argument. It will forbid their followers. Jeez, listen to that. It will forbid their followers to listen to rational argument because it will say that the argument is deceptive. It will teach people to answer arguments by the use, in this case, of mostly social, not physical, although physical does come up, but mostly social violence. It will, it is the thing Popper was warning us about. And so if we don't take this warning seriously before it's too late, I think we're going to be in a lot of trouble. We may already be because people didn't listen to the people who wanted to vote for Trump. They did not understand that this is the not normal situation that we're in. But I appreciate your time. Uh, I hope this helps you understand the place that we're at. <laughs>